Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once, it's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. For the last six years, Fill Your Boots has been making rugby happen at the grassroots level. Please get involved and go to www.fybrugby.com to register your club or to register as a player and join the online community to make sure that games continue to happen in the future. Join in clubs with players and players with clubs to make sure that we can keep the club game as strong as possible. Fill Your Boots. Bringing rugby together. Hello, my name is Bruce Aitchison from Happiness is Egg Shaped, and I am here to tell you where you can get your Happiness is Egg Shaped merchandise. Go to www.halbro.com and search for Happiness is Egg Shaped in the stores. We've got it all umbrellas, snoots, hats, towels for when you eventually get to go on holiday to the beach or by the pool. We've got hoodies, we've got t shirts, we've got all sorts going on there. Check it out, get your Happiness is Egg Shaped merchandise. You can get it all coloured up for for your favourite team or for your country, get involved because you know, I know, everybody knows, happiness is egg-shaped. Hello, I'm Mayhem. Hello, I'm Chaos. And our happiness is egg-shaped. Happiness is egg-shaped and loves a circle with no end. Let's talk about this blessing. And he said, happiness is egg-shaped. Hey, um, happiness is egg-shaped. Happiness is egg-shaped and loves a circle with no end. Hello and welcome to the Happiness Is podcast with me, your host, Bruce Aitchison from Happiness Is Egg-Shaped. And the grin is back. The big, silly grin is back because today I am very excited The word legend is used often, but oh boy, have I got a legend for you. And amazing that I've never 
been in the same place at the same time because the rugby world's a village and the Scottish rugby world is is even smaller. But definitely someone I know lots about, lots of people in common. And I'm really keen to hear the views of what's happened before and what's brought us to this point now as the Scotland women have disappeared off to New Zealand for the Rugby World Cup. So who would you speak to to get an insight? You'd speak to the one and the only Donna Kennedy. Good morning. Morning, Bruce. How are you? Yeah, I'm very well. I'm very excited to, to have a chat to you. Now, the Scotland women have flown off to New Zealand for a World Cup. That's old hat, isn't it? You, you've done that before. Well, I've not flown off to New Zealand for a World Cup, so I'm really jealous about that, I've got to tell you. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, played in five World Cups, but when you think about it, you know, I've never never had a chance to play in New Zealand, so to fly off there for a World Cup to play the World Stage is just super exciting for them. When you hear athletes talk about um, Olympics and Commonwealth Games, they talk about playing at home. Now, you played at home, but in a very different time and stage of of the women's game. What was that like? So you really ask me to pull back my memory here, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, back 1994, yes, it was um, the, the first World Cup, So, which was held in, um, obviously, Scotland. But it was supposed to be Amsterdam, as you know, and I'm sure you probably know some of the uh, history around about that, that we salvaged that, that World Cup. Um, what I can remember, the tacky tracksuits was one. Yeah, the material on them, not very nice. I think they were sort of blue and then a darker blue. Um, yeah, not fitting properly. So that was the other thing as well. In fact, I was glad we had tracksuits because everything we had, we, we, we had to pay for quite a lot of. So, um, but yeah, I remember those sort of things. But I just remember being really super excited. Didn't really know what to expect because it was our first one. We really only started playing international rugby in, in 1993. It was our first international game against Ireland down at Rayburn Place and then we were launched into a World Cup so really didn't know what to expect and we were just all really super excited to be part of that journey really. That first game at Rayburn Place I've seen video footage I don't know if you've ever seen the video of it have have you? I go oh my word (laughs) compare it to today's game it's like chalk and cheese yeah completely I was talking to someone about this the other day, actually. Um, who was it I was talking to? See, this is what happens as well. <laughs> I tend to lose my memory. Um, yeah, I was, I was talking to a group. Of, in fact, it was just it was um, Friday. I was at the City of Glasgow um, College, and I was talking to some students um, that were mentoring. And I was saying, back in the day, we, we couldn't even jump in the line-out. It was just an absolute riot in the line-out. It was a complete mess. Absolute mess. But, yeah, they... Obviously, the laws have changed over the years and the game's evolved in the pace as well. So, it's yeah, it's a completely different game. You must have an immense sense of pride, though, to have been there at the start. Yeah. I mean, you're taking me back here because it's like I didn't start playing until I was 19. Cause it in was bigger. London's in bigger. big, but bigger's Please. bigger. Everybody feared coming to bigger than you, that sheep. I don't know if I can swear on this pitch. <laughs> you know, we played up there and it was like they knew they were coming for a battle. So, <laughs> but we looked after them afterwards as always. Um, but yeah, no, I started it bigger and, you know, being at school, you know, we played hockey and that was it and did athletics and the boys did the rugby. So there was nothing for us at that time. And then um, I did a lot of stuff with the young farmers and we were doing tug of war at the time. 
And I remember the club saying, right, we want to get a women's team up and running, so who can we ask? So they came to us, the girls that were doing like the um, Young Farmer stuff and the Tuggy War, and of course we all stuck our hand up and said, yeah. And then that was the journey, it literally was. Um, you know, I hadn't played before, hadn't touched the rugby ball before. Um, so, you know, I was, I was very... I still uh, lucky, I don't know, but you know, I was sporty anyway, so I was always involved in sport. So obviously I made that transition from doing athletics and hockey to, to playing rugby. So bigger I don't remember bigger ever getting much credit for developing women's game, but that's where Donna Kennedy started. Like and now we've got Emma Orr away. Yeah. In the squad, that what an amazing thing for a club like Bigger and and some great foresight back then to say we want a women's team. Can you remember whose idea it was? Who gets the credit for that? No, is the honest answer. I can't remember who it was. I just remember the the the, the club, you know, stating that they did want to get a women's team up and running, and it just all happened through that young farmers network. That's really how it sort of came to life. And um, we were competitive and we played, you know, really good rugby. I, I remember just travelling, you know, into Edinburgh, playing the games there, going across to Glasgow. Um, and the game just built up and progressed and more women got involved in it. And then I, when did I leave Bigger? I think it was about three or four years after that. And I started to play my rugby at Heriot-Watt University. So I used to travel in Edinburgh and play there. And then... Herit Watt University became the Murrayfield Wanderers and the whole transition, you know, a lot of the teams had merged after that. So, um, but when I heard Emma was playing from Bigger, I, I, I was just, I tell you, proud. I was absolutely bursting with pride to hear there was another female rugby player that um, was going to don that blue jersey. I think it's absolutely amazing because Scott Lawson did it as well, as you know, Scott was a bigger boy. Um, so he um, obviously was doing Bigger proud as well, but um Again, obviously, from a female perspective, I was I was super proud when I heard that Emma um, had um, got into the squad. And she was doing the sevens first, wasn't it? So she was yeah. going through the sevens programme. And then um, I actually met her parents at the last game when they were playing against the USA. So we sort of do know each other and we sort of recognised each other at the game. So um, it was nice to see them there. So big supporter of Emma, as I am of the whole team. But obviously, I've got a special bit in my, my heart for Emma with being a bigger girl. She's a class act as well. Yes. She's a real quality oh. player. Yeah, better than me. <laughs> yeah, but she's standing on your shoulders, though. She's got a lot <laughs> to thank you for. When you get a chance to speak to the the current crop, how how does that go? Are they asking you questions? Are you more inquisitive to them? So it's a, so we really there was a big void for a while that there was really no connection, and I say. Now, that's wrong, actually, because I, I was doing some mentoring. I still do mentoring with Lana, um, and I've done that for a while with Lana, but there's nothing ever been formally put in place to have that connection to the past players, to the present players. So you're really doing that through your own network. So if you know someone, been in touch with someone, you know that's that's the way it was done. But recently, um, I came away from, I'll tell you what it was, it was the England-Ireland game down at Welford Road. And I was sitting in the crowd and Beth McLeod was sitting behind me and doing her usual naff banter, as she does. Um, she, won't, she won't thank me for saying it. She's not naff, honestly, Beth. Honestly, it's a bit of banter. Um, and I remember sitting there and it was Jill Burns who'd got um, a whole load of representatives. I'm sure you're aware of this, but a whole load of um, ex-county but international players. Where If you'd represented your country or your county to bring your caps along and just to be present in that game, 
And if I remember rightly, I think it was about 300. It was an amazing sight in the stand. It was absolutely stunning. Unbelievable. And I felt embarrassed, to say the least. I thought, God, this is amazing, but why have we not got something like this going on in Scotland? I thought, this you know, can't can't happen. Because we've tried in a few times because we had a 25th anniversary and we had of the Ireland game, with the one that I spoke about earlier in 1993, but there was no continuity after that. So I remember standing up and I said to Beth, I said, we need to do something here. So I came away and I got a, a Facebook, as we do, as the youngsters probably yeah, do, yeah. Trust and all the rest uh, of the exactly. So yeah, I sent me a Facebook too. message. <laughs> Um, to, I just reached out to a few girls that I know and still keep in touch with and I said, right, are you up for this? Let's get on a call and let's get this going. And it was overwhelming. The guys that I contacted, like you mentioned earlier, Rona Shepherd, Jenny Sheeran, Lee Coburn, you know, Jelly McCord, yeah, Lynn Reed as well, and Beth McLeod, as we spoke about as well. So, um, And Kim Littlejohn, who was the very first captain of that game that we played um, uh, well the World Cup 1984 as well um, so I reached out to a few of the oldies as we would call it or ex-players probably the official term <laughs> um, and they were well up for it and I said right let's get this going here you know let's just not just be a talking shop let's really bring it to life and we did so a few phone calls later and a few embarrassing sort of calling of old stories and stuff like that a bit of banter and we come out the other end and we've got an association called the Scottish Thistles. And basically our main premise is to unite the clan. And that's looking at three key areas. And that's looking at the past players, the present players, and also the future. So unbeknown to us, the SRU were obviously doing their strategy. And obviously this ties in. So that we did that independent. That wasn't alongside with the SRU. So it, it, that actually ties in really nicely. But really what we're there to do is first and foremost, is, is be there for each other. And it doesn't matter whether you're past, present, or looking at that future element from that grassroots. Um, we want to make sure that we can support Scottish rugby going forward and the players, the families. You know, it's, there's a whole host of stuff that we want to want to do with it. So, for example, we, we reached out to um, Brian and his team and said, look, we know there's you, a lot of the players have never been to a World Cup, have never experienced it, uh, but we have. You know, what can we do to help? And, and they welcomed that with open arms. Um, so again, we, we, we actually went, um, we were supposed to go to the Spain game, but obviously, sadly, that was... Um, yeah, was me Spain. too. <laughs> um, but we we did something over screen as well. So we managed to share our stories with some photographs and, you know, spent some time with the team. You know, we got to see them train and then had a bit of a lunch with them. And, you know, just having that sort of session where the, the girls could just talk to players that have been in that environment and experienced that and just have that network that they can reach out to. Because um, there's other aspects of it as well. It's like, you know, players that was in that squad that didn't go into playing. So how do they deal with that? You know, how do you deal with, you've been in an environment where you're looking forward to World Cup, it's taking 12 years to qualify and you're not going. Who, who helps them with that? You know, who's, who better to help them but players that have been through that as well. So that's, you know, that's one example of how we can help support um, the, the, the present players as well. But when it comes to the grassroots, again, it's looking at future players. I mean, we want to be role models and inspire young children to, you know, young young girls to play the game, whether that be in this side of the border where I live. I live in Worcester, so I'm, I'm, I'm predominantly down in England. But we want to make sure, because, you know, there's a lot of players around here that are Scottish qualifiers. Look at Katie Mattison, who's just, 
Yeah. You know, she's good out. You know, Worcester player. I must say that's my bias because I played at Worcester. <laughs> <laughs> but bias. And um, I think, you you know, that you've got to, you know, you've got to have that network because, you know, you've got to make sure that, you know, the players are getting the opportunities. That's the big thing is having those opportunities, not only to play rugby, but if you aspire and are good enough to play for your country, that you get the, um, you get seen for doing that. You know, you have to, there has to be a pathway in place that allows that to happen. I love hearing your enthusiasm. Well, what, one of the players you're you're talking about really there is Jenny Maxwell, you know, an exile yeah. that doesn't get to go because injury. I see the the players. I think centre a present of we're still thinking of you and all the you know nice yeah. thing. They've got yeah. they've got such a togetherness. They've been through a huge amount. I love this squad of of Scottish players because they they seem like they have fun. I spoke to uh, CB or tighthead prop that Maggie Alfonsi loves and I was saying to her I love when you guys portray your social media and I know that's just a snapshot but when you smile going out to training and you're smiling arriving at games it's refreshing because that's not what we're used to seeing and you obviously enjoy what you're doing and you said well why wouldn't we and I love that attitude it must be refreshing for you to dip your toe back into that yeah absolutely I mean when we when we played, we, we were we were a tight, tight team, you know, because it was like there wasn't that many. There was like the pool of players that there is today. Um, so the the sort of I suppose what the word I'm looking for is the turnover of players in a sense wasn't as much as what you probably would have in today's squad, you know. So when I think back to playing, it was like you know when you were on the pitch, you were on the pitch for eighty minutes, you know. <laughs> it's like. Whereas nowadays it's like you, you get on, you do your stuff, and you know what? You know someone else will come on and take it to the next next level. You know, so and Jilly Jilly McCord joked the other day that she said, "Yeah, when you were on the bench, you were getting splinters." You know, well that's not the case now. Do you know what I mean? It's that squad is there because it's like you know that everybody's there to you know they'll partake in whatever part of the game it is. But it's it's just it's a different. I suppose it's not necessarily culture, but it's just the different expectations that you just don't necessarily play a full 80 minutes anymore because of the way the game's played. You know, yeah. it's just, you know, to last 80 minutes at that pace, my word, it's, um, yeah, it's in June. I think I'd last five minutes now. <laughs> <laughs> right, here, right, quick, quick fire. That, right, <laughs> Quick, quick fire, because I, I, I know some of this, but I don't believe some of this, right? All right, okay. How many caps have you got? 115. How many caps did you start? 115. That is bonkers. <laughs> that, <laughs> that would is... not happen now, Bruce. That, I no, just, of course I can't it see that happening now. You know, it just, and it probably, I don't know, it's right that that, that doesn't, sorry, I don't know. I just think it's, it was just the way it was in that day. And, and, and I think now, yes, I'm proud of that. You know, there's something I take a lot of pride in. But um, I just think just the game's played differently now and, the, you know, how this, the strategy of, 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 like, how you bring certain players on at certain times is, is completely different. But that's, that is phenomenal commitment because you, you weren't a professional player. And even take away all the, the physical... You gave up so much time to start 115 international games we were getting excited when emma wassell got 50 on the bounce uh, uh come on emma like get to the back of the queue here donna smashed this that is an unbelievable achievement yeah and it's like it's i suppose every time you take the pitch you, you're not necessarily for me my drive was always to be the best and to get selected 
And I think that's it. And you don't, I never, it wasn't until someone actually pointed that out to me. I hadn't realised that that was necessarily the case. Um, but when you think about it, it's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a big, it's a big achievement. And given the, the era that, you know, that I played across from 1993 to 2010. I did try to retire twice, by the way. <laughs> yeah, not very hard from what I've read. You didn't try very hard. I think you just wanted a cuddle. Well, exactly. I needed a cuddle to come back, yeah. Um, but I think it was more, I think it was more like in the 2006 when I tried to go, I thought it was right at that, the end of that World Cup because there was a lot of the players round about the time that I played with for such a long time. I thought it was the right time for me to go. And I'd actually just moved down south in 2005. I remember it well because I went down south to play a year in the, um, a full year before we went to the World Cup in 2006 to play in the English Premiership. Um, and I never came back, so I, stayed, I ended up staying down. But, um, and I remember it you know, very well. I thought, this is just the right time for me to retire. But actually then I was still playing in the Premiership after the World Cup. So I was still playing high-level rugby and enjoying it. And then I just decided to come back. I just thought, like, I'll, I'll come back if we'll have me. I'll come back. <laughs> but yeah, and the, in, but 2005 must have been an unbelievable year because you, you picked up another award in 2005, didn't you? You got to remind me which one that where, was. Where, where, were you not the best player in the world then? Uh, was that the IRB? Was either, yeah. Was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, yeah, I remember getting an IRB award. It was either 2004, 2005. Uh, just old hat to you. Listen, old hat. You're, you're joking there. I've spent two days up in Edinburgh doing the prevent study for early detection of early dementia. So, <laughs> right. Oh. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Okay, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a whole other topic. Uh, exactly. you, mentioned, you mentioned Kim Littlejohn before. I, I met Kim um, for a screening of a documentary that's been made and still hasn't got there for the... The 150th of the first game between yes. Scotland and England, and the that was where I, f- I saw the footage of that game against Ireland. Not, not just the boys' game; I think that's what it's called. Uh, no, no, it's 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 the great game documentary, and it's the history oh, wow. of the. But the, they they included this part about how the women's game, and it was the impact of that, and it was played. Obviously, your game was played at Rayburn Place, yes. and Kim. I mean, what a, what a game. It just looked like it was obviously the beginning of something. And like you said, when you look at it now, it's come so far. But you could yeah. just see the pride in Kim to have been there at that 
But like you, she was desperate to get back involved. I don't know if you've heard that Owen Eastwood, he's written a book called Belonging. And he talks about the us story and how important it is for people to know what their their history is really and how they've got to that point. You're now involved in that. You're now telling some of these current players. But I love that you're looking to the future. Have you got a crystal ball? Can you see what it looks like in 10 years' time? So idealistic. I'm also I'm going to be realistic about it as well. But um, I, I I would love to see. Um, for me, I think for Scotland, the domestic game needs to get better. I think that's one of the, the, the key things. There has to be that week in, week out competition level that really, you know, sets the players up to then compete, not only on the international stage, but on that world stage as well. And I think that's one key thing. So I'd love to see some sort of league, whether it's cross-border league or whatever it looks like, but a really good, robust league set up in Scotland, very similar to what we have here down in England. I think that would be the first thing I would like to definitely see within a 10-year 10 10-year 10 period. And I suppose when it comes to the the actual professionalism of the game, then I, I would. I'd like to see very similar, and I, and I don't make any apologies about this, I'd like to see you know, a replica of what the RFU have done, you know, English Rugby Union, what they've done. And, you know, with the SRU, we're on a journey with it. You know, the SRU have definitely put a lot of investment and uh, they've got the strategy in place, which I think is fantastic. But I do think, you know, that there has to be a lot more injection of not just the structure of the game, but obviously that support from a, a, a monetary point of view as well. So I'd like to see that get expanded even further and be on the conversation at every board meeting that's in the SRU have. And I'll put my, I'm going to put my stake out here right now. I'd love to be in that board within five years' time. Yes. There you go. I'd love to be in the SRU board within five years. Okay. Love so that. Get that. We'll lobby for it now, shall we? Well, I reckon you'll have a lot of support. If Jilly McCord <laughs> knows this, she'll be stamping her feet and making it happen. Because she does know that. I said Cute. that in the Scottish Thistle, so I've, I've, I've made it. I've made it Good. clear that's why I'd love to I'd love to get on the board. So that that's so important as well though, because we we've now got we've got female coach Claire Crookshank is away at the World Cup with Scotland, Louise Dalgleish, Daggy's away doing missionary work in Japan and, and doing great yeah. things there. So there's there's players, there's grassroots players coming through, hopefully. There's young players like Emma Orr who are coming into the squad and freshening things up. But it's important to have a voice in that political, I suppose, arena as well for the sport? Well, you, you say political. I think it's just more where it's having a voice in the boardroom, you know, because there's a lot of things get discussed in that boardroom. Because there's a lot, of, obviously, there's a lot around about the commerciality side of things and, and, and stuff. But I think it's just having that voice and presence. Voice and presence is two big things. I'm not saying SRU forget about the women's game, but if you can see it, hear it and feel it, and someone's, you know, being a role model and pushing that forward, then, you know, you've, you've got a lot more presence round about that. So, and a, a little bit more say round about it as well. And the other key important thing is understanding, you know, why, you know, so for example, if something's getting allocated or decisions getting made, it's like, let's understand why the reason is that. Because you can look back and say, well, why, why have we not invested in the women's game before now? Right, it's easy to say that, but there'll be reasons mm-hmm. that that's, that's the case. So, you know, let's understand what that is. And then and maybe we can't do it now. However, you know, the plan is in what two or three year time that this is what's going to be. But give people the reasons, you know, don't leave them 
hanging without really knowing why things have not been done. Because people look at other unions and go, look what they're doing over here. So why is SRU not doing that? So let's let's have a conduit of someone who can actually help to, you know, get it out there and understand, you know, the reasons why that's not happening, but let people know that, you know what, it's it's on the cars. You know, we want to try and do this. Um, just maybe got a time limit on it. Yeah, uh, your your passion shines through. So you were playing, you were a sporty kid, you said, you're involved yeah. in Young Farmers, you're doing tug of war, you've played a lot of hockey, and someone says rugby, and from everything I now know of you, you don't say no. You just, <laughs> you, you get into it, you're in there. Yeah. But what, what was it about this game that made you think that's for me? Because you had some challenges to overcome you were self-funding you were still having to live life as well as have this hobby that you were and that's what it was at the time really it was a hobby it was just something you were really passionate about what was it about rugby that grabbed you so i i think i i i was an aggressive little shit i don't know if i can say that no no no, go for it i'm very competitive so anything i did you know like i remember being at Bigger High School, and every year, um, Helen Brewster and I were going for like the the sports champion every year, and uh, I won it four times, and Helen Helen won it won it once, and I was like, right, I'm gutted that she did. <laughs> and then I had a big sister who was always faster than me, better academically, and you know probably I'm surprised that she didn't take up rugby, but um, you know she was better, you know. Um, athletic. So again, I had that competition edge on me. I always wanted to, you know, compete. And then when you add in a bit of contact, well, that was just it. I just thought this is this is the game for me. <laughs> I was like, this is brilliant. You know, you get to, you know, run around, have a bit of contact, and then you know, just the camaraderie of the teammates and everything. You know, and then getting, I don't know, just the whole. The whole ethos of rugby and it's all right to have it, you know, from start to finish when you put your boots on until you come out, play the game, go back in the clubhouse. And I just, for me, it just grasped me. And it was it was just like, you know, something that had been missing. And like, I did it feel like, it just felt like a really good connection for me. And then, um, yeah, the rest is, as they say, is definitely history. I had no idea at that time where my career was going or whatever. So it's, you know, I just got, the key thing for me, I was given the opportunity and I took it. So were you were you watching it in bigger? Were you thinking I'd love a go at that, or was it just not even on the menu? Not even on the menu. No, I was aware. I watched. Um, I was aware of the internationals that were on. I used to sit and watch the internationals with my dad. I remember. Um, but at that time, before I'd actually been asked to go and play, I I, I never really thought that I. Yeah, the desire wasn't there. But as soon as I was given that opportunity, then yeah, I was. I was off and running. Did anybody tell bit, you not to? I was a bit heavier at that time. And uh, I was put in the second row. I was like, oh, I don't like this. <laughs> I said, how do I get in that back row? And that thing where you just get to run around. And I went, right, well, you need to get a bit leaner and a bit faster. And I was like, right. So I did. So off I went, I did it. So I was then sort of promoted to the back row as i would say <laughs> and and fit and yeah. fitted your your mentality did anybody well, ever tell you not to play or it wasn't for you or that's not what women do did you experience any of that at the time do you know what i didn't i didn't because i think it's where i was um very supportive um community with it being a very rugby community anyway i at the time um 
I was working as a as a vet nurse um, in a place called Lanark, and it was a it was part of the the University of Glasgow vet practice. So um, everybody sort of knew me. They knew I was they knew me as Donna, the rugby player. That's what was my identity. And when I moved from there, I then went to work for a pharmaceutical company as a sales rep. So again, you know, everybody knew who I was, and I I know all places by if they've got a vet practice. That's my compass. There's a vet practice. I know exactly where I'm going. So. And I remember going to Kelly Brown's dad's because he's got a practice down the borders. Yeah. And I remember sitting having various conversations. And we never spoke about the products I was selling. It was <laughs> it was always about rugby, but um, I, I seemed to be sell the products, no problem. And I didn't have any problems getting appointments either. So everybody was quite happy to to sit and have a chat around about the rugby side of things. So support-wise, I didn't have an issue. And also having time off as well. Um, I, every company that I worked for were very supportive. Um, of giving me the time off and even helping with sponsorship as well. So I was very, very lucky in that respect because I know there are a lot of teachers who really struggled, they had to take unpaid leave, you know, so there's a lot of struggles in that time. And that's why I would to the aspiration where I want to see rugby in the next 10 years is, you know, you can't be worrying about your job getting up in the morning. You need, you need to be able to solely focus where the game's going. You need to make sure you're getting the adequate rest time and everything and, and when I look at the time span now, the players have gone out to New Zealand, what is it? Is it nearly 10 to 14 days they've got before they play? Yeah. Nothing that's phenomenal. You're lucky we were in a plane and probably within 48 hours we're chucked in the pitch. <laughs> it's like, right. <laughs> so it's, you know, and quite rightly so, you know, mm-hmm. that's the way it should be because it's, you know, how can you be preparing? I often look, think about looking back and go, right, if I could play in the era there is now, would I be a better, you know, would I have been a better rugby player? Now, you can look at that in a negative way, but also you, you look at it and go, right, actually, it was relative for me at the time that we were all playing because we had the wonderful career that we had and we've, you know, given a pathway for other women and girls to follow suit. But what we want to really do now is make sure that's visible to people because the connection to the history of the game just wasn't, wasn't visible. And hence, that's why I'll go back to giving another plug for the Scottish thistles. That's what we're there to do, is to make sure that, you know, we, we're, we're bringing that all to life and connecting up all of the aspects of the game that um, players all, all the touch points, that's what we're trying to do. Amen. I know Hannah Smith has had, I think Hannah's a vet, isn't she? And who's, yes. everything was having to take holidays to, to play rugby. So she never actually had a holiday because she Absolutely. was it was job and then it was rugby and and that that can be tough mentally and emotionally is that where you, you see most of your support yes I, I i do think so and i think um when you look at like and i can use my story as a as a prime example you know retired in 2010 i i, I didn't know who to turn to i had two choices what i thought i had two choices one is i go into coaching or two i uh, go into refereeing so given the amount of, um, can I say the word, not really abuse, but constructive feedback to referees over the years, um, I didn't think it probably appropriate for me to become a referee. So I thought, well, what do I love? I love, you know, helping people and being still have a, be involved in the game. So I went into coaching uh, and I still do quite a lot of coaching and stuff like that as well. So that's what I chose, but it never gave me the same feeling as what, Pulling on the shirt and playing, whether it be for club, whether it be for, you know, internationally, just that bang, you stopped, you're playing rugby. Now, I had a choice. Now, I was 
again, I was lucky. I called my time. It wasn't through injury. I called it because I was getting too slow, too big, <laughs> and I was too sore. So I knew my body was done. I was absolutely done. I was 38 at the time. And everybody was looking at me and saying, right, no, Donna, I think it is your time to you. <laughs> I said, yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. So um, I needed something to plug that gap. I mean, and I describe it as a void. So when people ask me about it, it was, it was it's like a massive void in my life. Because I touched on it earlier. It's like I was known as Donna the rugby player. That was my identity. That's, that's all, you know, it's all I knew. And then suddenly I'm not Donna the rugby player anymore. And dealing with that, God, I've been on a, an up and down journey. I've, you know, I've, I've definitely been, I've definitely hit rock bottom. I've, you know, been depressed. I had to go on medication uh, for a period of time because um, I just lost my own identity. I lost my driving life. I really did. And you know, coaching gave me a bit of that back, but not not to the same extent. It really, it really didn't. Um, but then, you know, you have to. You, you realise you come through the other side of it. You know, talking to other people. You, but I had to seek that out. I had to seek help. I had to go and get professional help through that. Now, I don't want that to happen to anybody else. I want to make sure that, you know, there's people out there that they can come straight to us. You know, they, they know exactly. And we can put them in play, you know, put them in touch with someone who's experienced exactly the same as they have and help them through that. And I said this to Brian. I texted him before we before he left. And I said, look, I, I want to, let's have a chat when you get back um, about maybe setting up a formal you know, mentor and program, and he says, absolutely brilliant. So he's, you know, he, he's up for this. That, you know, we put those connections together to Amazing. help each other. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, there's, there's two bits to that. One is <laughs> I, I completely agree with you. I never played to your level at all, but coaching is a million miles distant second to playing. There is nothing ever better than than playing, and I, and I miss it still. Um, the other one is Rocky Clark, who, who you'll know. Uh, she's oh, spoken... I her. <laughs> Oh, did you really? I, no, yeah, I didn't know yeah. that. So, yeah, so Rocky and I played together at Worcester. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and then when I was a coach at Worcester, I was coaching Rocky. Yeah, I know and her she, very well. Well, she and she experienced something similar when she stopped playing yes. international rugby. She had that void and, and has had her own challenges. So it is yeah. something that is is relevant and is going to, unfortunately, it's going to happen. The stats say it's going to happen. So given the current crop, that opportunity to to speak to people and get some support is is absolutely amazing. Now, when you went into coaching, you got a pretty decent phone call for a gig. Oh, yes. I mean, you must, is that one where you thought, yeah, absolutely, that's me? Or were you pinching yourself? Come on, come and coach yeah. the Barbarians in America. Like, what? Well, <laughs> well when Stalkers, um, she, I think she texted me first and said, you, 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 can, I, can I call you? And I went, oh, all right. Well, she asked me to play again. I was like, bloody hell, does she not know I'm retired? Um, and then we, we chatted and she, she mentioned about coaching them um, barbarians. I went, hmm. I said, who, who, who else is coaching? She said, Anna Richards. I went, oh, let me think about that for a second. Uh, yes, bloody hell, yes. <laughs> Absolutely, I'll be there. <laughs> so, yeah, I was, I was delighted. That was just amazing. And... Do you know what? It, like, even being in that like environment from a barbarian's point of view, but then going out and being with that group of players, and then being coaching alongside Anna. So, um, you know, I've, I've played with played with Anna, played against Anna, and now I've coached with Anna. So, and you, you know, it's just amazing. She's a legend in her own right. It's just uh, phenomenal to to be alongside uh, Anna. And I learned so much from her for a coach because I mean, I'm, I'm you know, 
coaching is my hobby. You know, it's again, I, I hold down a full time job and coaching is my hobby. So for me, being able to be in that environment and, and learn so much, you know, from 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 Anna was amazing. And just bring the girls. And then we won in the last 30 seconds of the game. And I remember, I don't know if we get time for the story. Yeah, so yeah, go I, for it. I remember we were in the, the, the sort of standing up and Anna and I were looking at each other going, God almighty, because USA had just scored. And we had to go back and kick off. And the next break and play would have been the end of it. And I said, right, Carmen, so I need to kick off. Carmen needs to jump up in the air, leap like a salmon, tap it back, and we need to get it to old Jazzy Joyce in the wing, and then we're in, and we'll score. And lo and behold, it was like something playing out in front of her eyes. Up she went, patted it down, I went along the backs, and I got it, and I called her Jazzy Joyce, get it into her hands, and by God, she scored. And I just, we were just like, ecstatic it was just absolutely amazing yeah it was just phenomenal as you can imagine it was a great night as well after that so those are those are great yeah. when when the ball gets into jazz joyce's hand she tends oh, to score she is she lightning is. quick she is super quick yeah so good donna listen i i think i could be here all day and all night and there's still so much to talk about um I have spoken to some Hall of Famers and having somebody else on is, is another cracker. Um, thank you so much. Uh, what I hope is that we can speak again and we can speak again soon and we can keep giving the Scottish Thistles this platform. But before I let you go, I need you to finish the sentence for me. So for you, Donna Kennedy, 115 capper, barbarian, legend, Hall of Famer, happiness is... Happiness is a family walk on a Sunday afternoon with Ruri and Ailey and my wife, Karen, and of course our dog, Brody. Okay, well, I better let you do that then. <laughs> Donna, thank you very much. I've absolutely loved it. Great to speak to you. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Well, how good was that? That is the one and the only Donna Kennedy, and she will be back. I'm going to hold her to that. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please listen to the others go to the back catalogue you can catch us on apple acast and spotify you can watch on facebook and youtube leave us a review tell your friends and spread the word we've had forty-four thousand downloads of the pod so far and we're creeping very very close to number 100 so tell your friends and get them involved my name is bruce Aitchison from the happiness is podcast and my happiness is egg shaped i look forward to speaking to you all again very very soon hello i'm mayhem Hello, I'm Chaos. And our happiness is egg-shaped. Happiness is egg-shaped and loves a circle with no end. No, 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 Happiness is egg-shaped and loves a circle with no end. 
Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.